they're spiraling all alone. If you've got issues, grab your earbuds and some tissues. Let's laugh about it. Cause we're crying behind sunglasses. Sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. I'm your host, Kayla Dahl, and I am so happy to welcome you to another episode. If you're new here, then hey, you know what? Grab your favorite beverage, throw on those earbuds, stick around for a while. And if you are coming back for more, I am honored and pleased to have you back. Uh, Don't forget to hit that subscribe button or follow button on whatever podcast app you happen to be coming from today. And if you're new here, just quick disclaimer, obviously, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice or therapy. I am not a doctor. I'm just a person who really cares about your mental health and also wants to use some laughter so that we can feel less alone when we are going through the shit. And I'm in the shit with you. That's the other important thing to know about me is that I am not perfect. I don't claim to be. We are just humans and I am dedicated to learning and growing um, along this process of working on my own mental health and also interviewing people about theirs. So today's episode, uh, before I get into it, just a big trigger warning uh, about self-harm, depression, uh, and suicide. So if that's not your thing, I mean... Whose thing is it, really? Sorry, that's the wrong way to put this. But if that's not something you feel like listening to today, then there are plenty of other episodes to choose from uh, that don't deal with that topic. So go right ahead and do that. But if you are ready to dive in deep, this is quite a treat. Because today we have Andy Poland. She is a comedian, actress, and creator of the web series Boomers, formerly known as Grossman Grams. She also has two sons who committed suicide within two years of each other. And... I'm not going to lie, I was very nervous going into this interview because I didn't know how it was going to go. And like I said, I try to find the humor in everything. And how do you find humor in something as dark as losing two of your children to suicide? I don't know how. But somehow, Andy has turned her life around. And she is such a shining light. She wants to raise money for a program in schools for suicide prevention. Uh, She is turning her grief into art. And I think one of the most important lessons that I learned from her, which I can't wait for you to hear, is that whatever you do is not wrong in the grieving process. You have to focus on what you love and focus on what you can do here in order to stay in your inner joy and to stay young. So yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting one for you all to listen to. And uh, after you are done listening to the episode, as always, go to cryingbehindpod.com. That's where I put all the episode guides. And you can check me out on social media at Kayla Dahl, K-E-I-L-A-D-O-L-L-E. And without further ado, I guess we should get into today's episode. Today's guest uh, comes to me from the East Coast. Very excited to uh, dive in and get to know her a little bit better. Please welcome Andy Poland. Hello. Hey, how are you? 
Oh, I'm so happy to be talking to you. How are you feeling today? I'm doing great. We connected because uh, we, through the acting world, you know, kind of on the internet, figuring out where to go in our careers. You started out as an actress back in your your 20s and late teens, and uh, then you went off and had a whole f- a family, and now you're back in the business. How right. has that been for you? It's been amazing. I absolutely love it. Other than my grandkids, it's my next favorite thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just love it. I really do. I, I love everything about it. Other than some of the technology that I have to learn. I didn't know you had to be like a computer expert to be an actress, but <laughs> so much I've had to learn on this thing. That is new. I mean, I would say because I'm also, you know, I understand your plight. (laughs) Pre-COVID, we did have a lot more in-person auditions, right? And that was easy because you you put on your makeup, you study your lines, you go and do your thing, and then you leave, right? (laughs) I'll tell you, I had a call back last week, and it was the first time in a year and a half that they said, come to Times Square and gave me an address. And I'm like, And when I walked in the room, they were laughing at me because I was so excited to be back in the room and not on a screen. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, human beings. I mean, mean, it is exciting. I remember like- I miss it. I really miss that. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that excitement. I find, I will say, Andy, I don't know if you've noticed this with auditions in general. A lot of people try to pretend they don't care or they're too cool, or that uh, we shouldn't be excited, but why not? I mean, it's been so long since we've been able right. to connect with other humans. And regardless of whether or not we're uh, we're getting the job, just being there and being oh, able to it, do it your art in front of other people, it's I mean, great. I always liked auditioning, but I just never knew I was gonna get that excited about it. I mean, it'd been so long. <laughs> yeah. And they were just cracking up at me because I'm like, like they just arrived at Disney, you know? Amazing. Well, it is a long journey. I mean, you're, you're in Connecticut, right? Yeah. It's not that far away. I'm not that far away. Okay. Um, It's like a little train. Yeah. Unfortunately, since COVID, they stopped all the uh, express trains. So it's, it's definitely a longer journey than it has been. Hopefully those will start up again, but um, it's, it's not that bad. It's a train ride walking around New York again. And, you know, just great. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's so great about the East coast, which I miss. I, I lived in New York for a few years and it's incredible that the public transportation and everything oh, yeah. is available there. Because uh, out here in LA, you oh, either have a car or, or you're stuck. That's it. Well, I guess I know. Uber, uh, Uber and Lyft have been really great for people who don't have cars. But, but the uh, traffic, I was out there a few times for a wedding and then once on vacation and wow, that traffic. Oh, yeah. Well, oh my gosh. I grew up here. So I guess I've learned okay. how to strategically plan my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to. I mean, uh, probably I, have to leave three hours early for an audition 15 minutes away. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I will say that's the positive for me uh, on the subject of these in-person versus uh, self-tape auditions. I've gotten a lot more time back for myself because not having to drive all the way to from one end of town to the other and back to say one line. Oh yeah, there's definite <laughs> advantages, absolutely. I mean, all the time I've had to take classes and not wasting the commute to New York. And oh, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of time and so much more time with my grandkids because I haven't been in school last year. And How old are your grandkids? I have two here in Connecticut with me that are uh, 11 and eight and I have one in Myrtle Beach that's oh, six. Oh, wonderful. Those are good ages. They're still- Yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're still 
interested in hanging out. Yes. Right? <laughs> 11 year olds getting close, but <laughs> yeah, still she's my girl. Once they hit the, once they hit the teens, it's yeah, always kind of, you I don't know. know what's going on. I know. I know. <laughs> it's the holidays or maybe you might be listening to this and it's after the holidays but you're looking for a gift for yourself or for a friend or a family member i gotta tell you the best gift you can give is cbd uh and my favorite company that creates CBD is Papa and Barkley. They are now a partner with this podcast and I could not be more excited because there are a lot of different CBD brands out there, but Papa and Barkley is special because they use the highest quality natural ingredients. It is sun grown by their farmers that go above and beyond using sustainable regenerative practices. And when they create their CBD, they use the whole plant and there are no chemicals. So you know exactly what you are getting and it is not psychoactive. It's just here to make you feel calm. So whether you are feeling stressed, you need help with sleep or you need help with pain relief. I love their relief balm. It's great for carpal tunnel or back pain, or even just if you want to relax in the middle of a work day and you kind of rub it together on your temples or on the back of your neck it's like ah a little bit of aromatherapy and that cbd goes right into your muscles and just relaxes things and as a gift like i was saying it is always the right size i mean i gave that relief balm to my dad when he got his knee replacement and it was such a big hit he loved it like i said they are a partner with this podcast so I am really thrilled to offer you 20% off your entire order if you go to papaandbarkleycbd.com and use code CRYING, that's C-R-Y-I-N-G, at checkout, you will get 20% off your whole order, and you'll be helping me out a little bit too. So uh, enjoy and feel better with Papa and Barkley. So one of the big reasons that I connected with you we had connected through this community online and you had spoken so openly, so honestly, and, and quite frankly, I thought it was very brave, but you shared about your, your, uh, your sons, uh, and their, their history with, with mental health and everything. Um, I don't want to speak for you. So I would love for you to just kind of share what you feel comfortable with about your two sons that have passed on. Well, 2014, my son Todd, 23 and a half at the time, really good kid, always appeared happy, a lot of fun to be with, really, really good person, um, but he was always very private. And I always tried to respect that. You know, I never asked a lot of questions of him and gave him his space, but never a day went by where he didn't call him just to say, I love you. Um, he said he was going to college for four years and that he graduated, but he didn't want us to go to a ceremony. Okay. We didn't go to a ceremony. Where did he go to college? Southern. Southern Connecticut uh-huh. State College. And, and he said uh, he didn't want you to come to the graduation. Right. He didn't Which, really give a reason, but you thought, okay, you know, he's like, private. He just, right, right. If he doesn't want to do that, I'm not going to make him walk. That's sure. fine. And then he had, he was working at a grocery store all through high school. Mm-hmm. And um, he had met his future boss at a cashier. He hit it off with a guy that um, happened to be head of a marketing company that was a major, this may, his major. Mm-hmm. And took him out for a few drinks and hired him to groom him to take over for him. And amazing, amazing job, high pay, company car, travel. I mean, that's a huge opportunity. Right. Yeah. 
So one day I'm actually on set about 10 minutes from my house and he wasn't calling all day. And I tried to call and it went right to voicemail. And I'm like, that's weird. Todd never has his phone off. Finally at three o'clock, he reached me. I said, what's going on? And he said, um, I'm at work, mom, and they don't like me to use the company phone. And my, I forgot my charger. I said, well, get a hold of me somehow. Cause you never, you know, you call me every day and I got nervous. Yeah. You got worried. Said, of course. Right. So that night he called me around nine or 10 o'clock. And he said, can I come by? He owed me some money. He said, come, I come by. And I said, sure. He lived about 20 minutes away in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. And he didn't show up. And I called and I called, went right to voicemail again. I called his brother who lived in Myrtle Beach. And I called his sister who lives locally. Nobody could get a hold of him. Nobody had talked. Nobody knew what was going on. So I went to bed very uneasy. I didn't know what, you know, what yeah, the story Yeah, for was. all you know, he could have gotten in an accident. Right, or, right. You don't know. So the next morning I called his job. And they never heard of him. And I said, what are you talking about? Todd Poland. He's been with you for about 12 weeks. Never heard of him. So I called his best friend who had been on the phone with him after me the night before. And he said, what are they talking about? And of course he works there. We talk all about his job. I said, all right, you try them. He tried. They said, sir, there has never been a Todd here. There's 15 people in this company. I don't know oh. who you're talking about. We didn't know what was going on. And then the next thing I know, there's two detectives at my door telling me my son had committed suicide. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I know that you, you said uh, it, before our call that you've talked about this a lot and that it doesn't maybe uh, hurt, hurt, bother you as much as, as it used to, but you know, it's I always going to hurt. It's, it's always, yeah. And also I just want to acknowledge that and, and just acknowledge uh, anyone out there who's listening as well, that, you know, no parent this is every parent's worst nightmare and no parent should ever have to go through this. My heart goes out to that and to you. So we were wondering what was going on with the job. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we thought he made the whole thing up. So my son, of course, flew in from Myrtle Beach and um, my daughter-in-law, who was expecting a baby at the time, and my daughter, and they went to this bar that they supposedly went to a lot and they found his boss and they said to the bartender, is there a man by the name of somebody, somebody or other that works at this marketing company in Naugatuck? And they said, yeah, he's right over there. I'm like, oh my gosh. So they said, um, do you know Todd Poland? I said, oh, of course we know Todd. We love Todd. He said he works for you. Yet when they called, they said they never heard of him. And they said, it's the strangest thing. Everything he told you about the job is true. The high salary, the company car, the traveling. He said, but the day he was supposed to start, he called and said, give it to someone else. I'm not worth it. <gasps> It broke my heart. It oh. completely broke my heart. So then my daughter went to his college to find out about his diploma. And they said, he only finished one semester. I said, how's that even possible? He was handing me grant checks every semester. Apparently, I was handing him the tuition check. He would cash it, give it back to me and say he got a grant. He never even went to college for three and a half years. So what? Okay. Wow. So this is a lot to unpack because it's not... I mean, the big, the big uh, thing obviously is that he's gone, but all of these, uh, all of these lies over such right. a I long know period it. of time. I know it. I know. And, and, and so as a mother, how did you even deal with that? It just hurts. He left an eight page letter back and front, like 16 pages, eight, eight notebook pages, basically saying that, please don't anyone take the blame. He loves his family. He just could never love himself. And I think the sentence that killed me the most was he apologizes for the 23 and a half years he's wasted on us. I I don't know where any of this came from. I certainly, had I known 
what this was the privacy was about. I would have dug a little deeper, but he always appeared happy. He was like this happy going kid. Everybody loved him. And so you were seeing him on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. He popped and, by all the time. Okay. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't like you didn't see him. It was no. more so that when you weren't seeing him, you had no idea what was going on. And right. did we ever find out like you're sending him these checks? Uh, if you don't mind me getting to the nuts and bolts no, of this, no, not because at all, not at all, this not is at all. fascinating. Know, it's just the weirdest story. It's, isn't it's, it? Yeah. So you're sending him these checks for this tuition and he's sending them back and pretending that he's getting grants. Yes, he's cashing them somehow. Sure, sure. They weren't written to him. They were written to the college. I, very strange. So I, I don't know how he yeah. did it, but then they go, mom, I got another grant and he'd give me my money back. And then did we ever find out when he said he was quote unquote going to college, what was actually going on in his life? Was he working or doing anything? He was working at that grocery store. Other than that, I have no idea. Wow. Like no friends, nothing. He had a billion. Fr- I mean, that's the other thing is he used to say, I don't have any friends. 1500 people showed up at his wake. And I would ask them like, how do you know Todd? Oh, I'm friends at college. How do you know Todd? Friends from high school. How do you know Todd's friends from Dave Matthews band? How do you know? I mean, he had a zillion friends, but as my son said, mom, you can have a crowd of people in the room and still feel alone. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think what this is really speaking to, which is one of the most difficult things to reckon with when you are, have someone in your family or a friend who is suffering from depression or suicidal thoughts or, you know, actually goes through with it is, is that it is a disease and it is. And we were unaware. We sir, you even said that in the letter. I know you would have gotten me help if I wanted it. But he decided to hide all of it from you because he was, I don't know, he ashamed. obviously had this planned for years. Really? That's what he said in his note too. He said, I can't remember a day I wasn't thinking about it for like the last decade. Oh. I don't get it. I mean, I think of all the fun childhood trips we took and we used to go camping and, you know, we had a motor home and we went to Disney and we went to, I mean, we just, I thought he had a normal, fun life, you know? I will say, and obviously we're just getting to know each other. So I can't pretend to know right, right, <laughs> about right. your family, but in my experience, I've had other friends who have had these thoughts and are still with us. I think just because people may have that sort of plan or those sort of thoughts, I don't think that means that they didn't have an enjoyable life. I'm sure that some that even though in his letter, of course, he wrote that when he was in a dark place and said, oh, I've been thinking right. about this every single right, day. Right. I, I'm sure that those moments of joy, at least uh, some of them were joyful for him. I mean, I know I, we had a slideshow going on at the wake and out of like 30, 40 people that 30, 40 pictures that my daughter and son gathered, there was one, he wasn't smiling and that's because the sun was in his eyes. Yeah. I mean, he was always smiling. Yeah. And it's, it's, it just really also goes to show you that not like you can't always tell when someone's having a problem. Sometimes the people who seem oh, he to hit be, it well. yeah, he seemed to be oh, so happy. Nobody, nobody. I mean, his best friend, us, I mean, his sister, his brother, he told nobody knew what was going on. So for you, how did you pick up the pieces and help to, you know, put yourself back together, try to heal, heal your family. I mean, where do you, where did you start with all of that? It was funny. Maybe somebody, I don't even remember how this happened either. Cause now it's been seven years for him. Sure. As of July 23rd, it was seven years. 
arrived in my inbox in Facebook, somebody inviting me to a support group for grieving moms. Uh-huh. So somehow the word got out there. And so I went, I, I'm in a few groups, MAS, which is Mothers Against Suicide. I'm in a group called Ellie's Way, which is really about all deaths, not just suicide. You can parents, sure. kids, whatever. So, so you found some online communities to yes, get some support. Absolutely. So I have some, I mean, some of my closest friends are other moms that are probably I'll never meet in person. Um, but you know, but they understand just, you. Oh, they get it. We get it. Yeah, absolutely. Cause nobody that hasn't been through this can say, I get it. No. And that, that's why I can't pretend to say that. All I can say is that I, like I empathize and, uh, I've dealt with friends Right. Committing suicide in my life, but it, the, the pain of a mother losing a child is very different. And I think it's it's so good that you were able to find not only one community, but it seems like more than one. Oh, there's ca- so many groups out there. It's unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. And what's sickening is the number of new members every day. Ugh. Yes. It's just this has really become an epidemic. Yes. Actually, that is very topical. I mean, ever since uh, the pan- pandemic, hit it seems that i mean i'm not sure this is statistics so you know feel free to check fact check me on this but i know definitely the rates of depression and anxiety have gone up and obviously suicide can go along with that right i, I was actually went to the local police station and fire station recently to ask about uh, statistics and they said since the pandemic it's more elderly because they don't people that are terminal don't want to spend their last year of life sitting in their house alone. I mean, that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that, I'm sorry. It's really yeah, dark, no, but I, I'm kind I, of like, I know. I get, I get it. it. I get it. I, I get it. I get it. I mean, there's a uh, certain States where in that case, if someone has a terminal illness, they have a uh, euthanasia. Yeah. Where it's like uh, assisted. assisted. Yeah. You know, assisted, right. Assisted, uh, right. And it's kind of when someone has some sort of terminal illness, where they've decided their quality of life is no longer worth living, right. uh, that they're allowed to just make that choice for themselves, which that's obviously a very different situation than a young person oh, who absolutely. has, who has um, you know, all of the potential in the world ahead of them. Uh, and, and from what I'm hearing, he didn't have any sort of illness or anything other than depression. Yeah, not that we were aware of. From what I understand, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, your other son, it was two years later that he also um, right. took his own um, life. Yeah, he um, he flew back to Myrtle Beach with his wife and his pregnant wife. He We were all worried about him because he had a drug history. I see. Um, he'd been good for a few years. And tell me about him a little bit. What uh, I know we had Kenny. Ken- Kenny, yep. He was one of those people magnetized to Kenny. He was just a, a very, very good sense of humor. He just had a way about him that people just adored him. Can't say enough. He just, I just adore. He, he was my rock after Todd died. He really was. Um, and I he was Myrtle Beach a lot. He was seven years older than Todd. Yeah. So he was the, was he your oldest child? No, my daughter's the oldest. I see. Okay. So he, and, he was the um, middle. Yeah. He was the middle, but yeah, there, um, yeah, Todd was the baby by seven years, you know, Kelly and Kenny are only two years apart. And I then see. Todd was another seven years later, but him and Todd were so close. So Kenny, you were saying he was, he was married. His wife was pregnant uh, with their child. He uh, just bought a new house. He had a great job, all this stuff going for him. So everything was all lined up. You, you're thinking probably as a mother, you're probably so proud and so, so happy for him, yeah. right? 
So I was there quite a bit. Of course, you know, his wife had her baby. Uh, Todd died in July. She uh, gave birth in December. Mm-hmm. And I was there quite a bit. And um, uh, probably the following spring, Kenny started taking drugs again. So we put him in a place in Atlanta, Georgia to get cleaned up for 30 days. And he did really, really well and uh, came out with a great attitude and thought everything was okay. And maybe, I don't know, six months after that, he started up again, but this time he was really cold. He wasn't himself. He was distant from his wife. He was distant from us. And I'm like, Kenny, just admit you're, tr- no, no, I'm fine. I'm not doing anything. Like, Kenny, we know you are. We know the way you are when you're on drugs. No, I'm not. So, um, you know, and that little boy adored him. Oh my gosh. Uh, he really was the best father. You mean his, and, uh, his son? His son, Corbin. Yeah. And uh, so one morning I was in Target and my phone rang and I saw it was his wife. And it was very odd because she never calls me during the week on a, you know, during a work day. And I answered and all I heard was screaming. And I'm like, Allison, what is the matter? She goes, Kenny's gone. I said, gone where? She said he killed himself. I, was scr- I said, no, he did not. Why? I was yelling at her. Why would you say something like that? You know? So he had a picture of Todd on his lap and uh, just basically a little index card saying I couldn't live without him anymore. Nothing <sighs> was enough. I know. <sighs> you know, is- all these people that have lost a child that I've gotten to know are so worried about it happening again. And I wasn't. I didn't see that coming at all. You know, I mean, I knew he was upset and I knew he had this problem, but I also knew he adored his wife and he adored that baby. And, you know, like I said, a new house, a good job. I just, I didn't see it coming at all. No, absolutely. And, and also it seems like your relationship with Kenny was different because he was open with you and you were were so close. Yes. So close. And and also that, um, you knew about his, his drug issues and, and you had sent him to a rehab and you're actively really trying to help. So that's gotta be a whole and different I t- set I of took feelings. it like personally, I really did. I was like, how could he do this to me? You know, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I, I just, it's so hard now. I mean, I'm so close to his son who's now six and a half. Um, I go to Myrtle Beach any chance I get and fly in. Thank God, you know, I get along well with um, his wife because he was here for three weeks this summer and um, we bought a little place down there because I can't keep staying with her. I mean, it's not my daughter. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, so we grab him and he stays at the condo with us. Um, I go there at least try to make it every four to six weeks. And um, we're just super, super close, but he is, you know, obviously very, very aware that I'm his dad's mom and he has so many questions and I show him videos of him with his dad and how much he loved him. And how old was, uh, was Corbin when this all happened? 16 months. Oh, baby. But he just wants his dad. He just, I want my dad back. And, you know, just, he sees these videos, he sees these pictures and, um, my daughter-in-law said he had a rough week, Father's Day week, because everybody was celebrating. So he made pictures for my husband. Oh, good. Um, yeah. See, that's the thing I was going to, I was going to say is the one silver lining I really, uh, that I'm really hearing in the situation is that you and your husband are just such incredible grandparents and parents. Like you're, you're really there for him. And of course, nothing can replace his dad, but uh, having grandparents that really care enough to be oh, involved. Adore. I mean, you know, that 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 is going to be 
such an important thing for him in his life that he has that. Thank you. You know, it's, it's not hard. It's not, but not hard to love him, but it, it's just sometimes really hard. I just, I'm there and I just break down thinking, you know, wow, what were you thinking? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he's missed out. Boy. He's like, because, you know, Kenny, he's, he's missing out on, on fatherhood. And right? this little boy deserves Kenny as a dad. He was a great dad and kids loved Kenny because he just was silly. Mm -hmm. He was, had a very silly sense of humor. I mean, he'd meet a, a kid and, you know, a little boy, he'd say, come here, little girl, I'm a boy. I mean, he just got kids interacting and, mm -hmm. he, you know, he was just a great dad, a great person. Um, and he's really missing out. And it just makes me feel so sad for Corbin when he's missing. Absolutely. Hey, so since I started this podcast, I always have people coming to me saying, hey, Kayla, how do you find a therapist? How do I find a good therapist? Why is therapy so expensive? What do I do to feel better? And I am so happy to have an answer to all of these questions with a sponsor of this podcast, BetterHelp. So what is BetterHelp? It is the world's largest online therapy service. You take a quiz to get matched with a certified counselor who matches your needs. You can communicate your way, messaging, chat, phone, video, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be on your couch, in the car, uh, on the go, and you can still get what you need to feel better, get yourself out of that funk, that seasonal depression, whatever it is that is bothering you, there is a counselor that is there for you. And also, if you don't like them, you can switch to a different counselor at any time with no extra cost. They have sliding scale options and financial aid available, as well as a special offer that I have for you, my beautiful listeners. If you go to betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod, you will get 10% off your first month. That is my gift to you so that you can feel better. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash cryingbehindpod. So this was 2014 and 2016. Right. Now we are, it's five years later. And uh, I will say as someone who's, who's lost people, this is not a process that ever ends no. as far as the grieving process. I think people who have not lost a family member don't truly understand uh, the fact that it will come up. It will revisit. It, it, you will get reminded of this person, you know? Uh, oh. And so I'm not going to say like, is this over? It's obviously never over, but where are you at now? Like five years later, what, what, have, what have you learned about yourself or about life in general since then? Life is tough. Yeah. Um, I've moved ahead with my acting and actually it's my son, Todd, that left a little index card for me that said, quote, please continue your acting. You're destined for greatness. And that's how I started Gossip and Grams dedicated to him. And I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Kenny, so Kenny passed. Kenny passed away during post-production of the first episode. So it's, you know, inspired by Todd, but de dedicated to both of them. Yeah, no, because I saw um, that in the credits, and uh, yeah, wow, that got me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that index card. I'm just. I'm. I don't know. Uh, take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's really beautiful that he supported you. I know, obviously. It's a tragic situation, but that's, that's really beautiful. 
Yeah, it was. Well, he believed in you, and it he was did. one of his last wishes was for you to go out and be your fabulous self. I mean, I that's that's really <laughs> sweet. Yeah, because he wanted me to be happy. I'm not sure how was you know, but that's yeah. why uh, if you saw the picture of me and Brian in actors operating system and. Um, I also have it on Facebook and, you know, a lot of the moms commented, oh, Andy, it's so good to see you smile. And I wrote it, it really is a real one because, you know, we all wear a mask, you know, smile when we have to, but we're hurting. But that was a genuine happy moment for me with Brian. And, and like I said earlier, my acting is really therapeutic because to be someone else, I'm not the mom of two kids in heaven. When I'm acting, I'm in an AA meeting. I'm, you know, whatever yes. the be, I am. Yes. And I, I can let go of the pain for that period of time because I'm not me. As much as I love it too, it's also therapeutic. I think a lot of actors feel that way. I know I, I definitely do. I mean, there's, I think there's, there's a few different breeds of actors, if you will. Uh, and depending on the day, I guess I, I, I can go between either one. But I've found that a lot of actors either are like you, where they've got a lot of pain and they want to escape it. So it's really great to be able to just go be someone else for a while because it feels <laughs> easier and it's fun and, and the lines are written for you and you get to just go play make-believe. And it is, it's therapeutic, it's cathartic and as good art should be. Yeah. But, right. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> for everyone involved, not just people watching it, but you know, of course, if if you're feeling that, the audience is going to feel that. And then I think the other camp is people who may just be fascinated by the human condition <laughs> and True. kind of just studying different kinds of people right right Lovely. i never even thought of it that way that's true though it's it, this is my own theory listen right, I, yeah, I, I, I think you're right it's very interesting we're workshopping it okay <laughs> <laughs> and and i would say i kind of go between both because i've had i had a lot of childhood trauma and a lot of things in my life that of course kind of drove me to the arts in general but also also when I go out in the world, I am a very outgoing person and, and I love people watching. I'll go, especially in New York. That was one of my favorite things. Was that was one of the reasons I loved being there last week. It was like, oh my gosh, window shopping, people shopping. People <laughs> <know>. shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was telling them, you know, they couldn't believe it was, it was the, the callback was on a like 95 degree day. And I walked all the way from 36th and 3rd to 71st and 8th or something like really wow and, and I, I kept stopping in air conditioned stores because I want to go to my callback disgusting and smell it sure uh, <laughs> so they were like you walked all this way and I'm like oh guys I said you walk in Connecticut I'm sick of the same tree every 10 minutes you know they were laughing I was like this is great walking here I, I was I didn't care what the weather was I was so excited to walk and not see the same darn scenery yes the, the different scenery different people and when you're walking uh, what i like to do when i'm walking through new york especially or really any other crowded area you go to a mall or you know crowded shopping district is right. uh or even you just look at people and i like to make up stories about them and <laughs> just, oh, that's funny you just that's you see cute. a couple you see a couple talking and you see them walk by and then i'm like huh He's probably a graphic designer and she <laughs> is probably a high powered executive. And the two of them 
are uh, about to go on a trip to Jamaica. I don't know. I just, I always, that's funny. I I spin these stories in my head and it's kind of fun. That is, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Or actually I I trained at Stella Adler in in New York city. Oh, wow. Yeah. And one of our first assignments, which I'm sure you would appreciate was to go out onto the streets of New York city and find someone who had a very distinctive walk. And to, without letting them know, just kind of observe the walk and then try to replicate it, you know, in class. Obviously, you don't want to replicate it in front of the person. That might be a little (laughs) offensive. Uh, (laughs) But I remember this assignment really distinctly because what was cool about it was kind of the same thing I'm talking about where you, we would, we brought it into our character class. Actually, the, the teacher, she's still there, Betsy Parrish. She's incredible. Uh, she studied under Stella. And uh, what was cool was that we would do these walks and then you would have to come up with a whole character based on that. Like, okay, oh, if someone cool. walks this way, how would they talk, right? What kind of voice do they have? Is it low? Is it high? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Uh, what do you think they do for a living? Okay. You know, just- That's funny. It's, just it, get, it, get that imagination and improv going. Yeah, yeah. What? Because- I think what they really drilled into me, which which I try to remember, is that as an actor, like you have to pretend to be all different kinds of people. Oh, absolutely. Or, or I guess if you're doing it right, you're just going to be all be these that person, people. right? <laughs> and you can't be other people if you're constantly judging other people. It's true. So you have to step in their shoes. It's yeah. Like, Today, my audition, I was a bitchy nurse. What a blast. Isn't it fun playing a bitch? Oh, I love it. I love it because I'm so not a bitch. So it's kind of like, you know, just letting out, you know, I had my girlfriend come. She was my reader. And uh, just to say, what the hell do you want? You know, and I never (laughs) talk like that, you know, but it was fun. (laughs) Oh, I love it too. I think I get a lot of those types of roles as well. I think it might be like I have kind of strong eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got, a, got a good uh resting bitch face for lack of a better term <laughs> so, so beautiful thank you I appreciate it I, I I I wasn't saying that I don't look good but I I guess there's there's a there's a stereotypical um you know what you're saying mold of what a quote like what a bitch is supposed to look like okay gotcha <laughs> and you, but it's it's so much more fun <laughs> it's so it much is. more fun than it just is. being the girl next door goody two shoes because you really get to play and you get to say things that you would just you would never have the, the guts to say to oh, someone I in real know, life. I know. It's so <laughs> funny because the callback I had last week, the original audition on Zoom was two roles. Mm-hmm. One was a mushy, mushy, oh, how are you? And the other one was, uh, these were two patients in a hospital. And the other one was like, will you shut up talking about Jesus? I've had it with you. I want to change room, you know? I was shocked that I got called back for the mushy one. <laughs> because <laughs> you were like that you thought yeah, it was, you thought you were like eh, i didn't really yeah, like doing that i don't care i i know i just i was thinking oh they're definitely gonna if they call me back it'll be for francine i was like i'm what you want me to oh okay because i'm a, i'm a nice person but i'm not like mushy like that <laughs> of course of course and 
since we're you brought up all the acting stuff, uh, I'd love you to tell me more about Gossiping Grams. I, I binged a few episodes before speaking to you just so that I could talk intelligently about it. Uh, I thought it was really fun. Where did this idea come from? Uh, I, I, know, I noticed that you're the creator and the executive producer. So I wanted something comedic because both my book, well, Todd at the time when I started it, he liked to have fun, I thought again. And, you know, he was the one that wrote that note to me. And I thought, let me do something fun for him. And it really started as sketch comedy. I had all my acting friends in it, but we all played different roles. Well, the Grams stayed the Grams, but my very good friend, Johnny Paisano, he's the lead guitarist of the Willie Niles band. He's mm-hmm. also a very good actor. Once he was a school psychologist, the next episode, he was a game show contestant. We just were having fun. Then a year ago, March, right, right about the time the pandemic started, I got a call from this woman, an award-winning writer, who'd seen the show mm-hmm. and was wanted to know if I was interested in taking it to another level. Wow. I know she's, she really liked it. I guess she has a friend that is in her fifties and, and hires actors, middle age and typed in grams and we popped up. So um, she liked it. And I said, you know, so we went on zoom and talked and said, let's give it a go. Why don't you write an episode? We'll see, can, you know, but she said, I need all the characters to stay who they are. <laughs> no more switching around. Johnny's going to be the lead guitar. You know, he's a star in, yes. in the series, right? He's staying a star. And my friend Randy is his bodyguard. He's staying the bodyguard. Um, so that went really well. Um, and we've had her ever since for a year and a half now. The really funny, the interesting part is that she wrote the first, we have a pool here in Connecticut, and she wrote um, an episode around the pool because of the pandemic. She wanted the episode to be outside. What was her name again? Sue Kessler. Okay, yeah, because I noticed this and I was really excited because I also, uh, I write and direct and um, seeing another, like a female writer and a female DP. Oh, she does on, everything. Right, but I, I just, I just got to tell you, seeing Sue's name as the writer and as the director of photography, it made me really excited to see you have she is her so behind good. the camera. Yeah, she is so good. She really is. I and and she's so nice to work with too. So oh good. So she wrote this episode. She said, I know you have a pool. You'd said that. And I wrote, Can I come to your house and see it so I can picture what I'm doing? I said, Of course. She said, text me your address. So I text her my address. She said, You live in Milford? And I said, yeah. She goes, you know, I used to teach in Milford. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, before I got my big break and, you know, I acting and directing. Um, I said, well, where did you teach? And she said, Harborside Middle School. I said, my three kids went there. Wow. She goes, well, who are your three kids? I said, Kelly, Kenny, and Todd Poland. She goes, you've got to be kidding. I said, why? She said, I was really close to your son, Todd. And I know, I, I know he sent her. I absolutely know he sent her. I mean, there's, wow. 10 billion, there's 10 billion writers out there. How did she end up in my lap? This is incredible. He sent her. There's no question that he sent her. Well, I mean, you think about it. She knew him. She said she was close with him, which sounds rare. It doesn't sound like he gets close like that, you know? It does sound like he, gets, he got close, but very privately. I mean, I. Mm-hmm. it's funny because when she said her name, I was like, I don't know why your name sounds familiar. Maybe I worked on something with you, but I obviously went to a parent-teacher conference 17 years ago. The, the, yeah, now he, 
he definitely he had a he plan her, for you he had a plan she said, for you she said todd and i were such buddies she said i was the chaperone that dances he'd come an hour early to help me when he had a free period he'd see what i was doing she said we were just buddies Wow. And, and she had Todd stories for me. I'm like, oh, that's him. Yep. You know, <laughs> there was that no question. Incredible. So then right off the bat, you two just have this very personal oh, connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's so, got to be a good way to develop your, your creativity and to develop the series. So yeah, I think it's really fun. Basically, I think there's not enough series out there exploring the, the lives and personal lives and love lives of women that are <laughs> above age 40. Now what's happened, we've already shot three episodes. We haven't released. Somebody wants to invest in it. Wonderful. And it's turning into a dramedy. Um, it's still going to be a comedy, but it's going to have a very light underlying message. Like the first episode in the new series where it's not going to be gossiping grand anymore. It's going to be called boomers. Yes. And the first episode, uh, somebody in it is depressed. Every episode is going to have some kind of message about loneliness, depression, isolation, possibly bringing suicide into something. That sounds really appropriate because when I was watching the series and I saw like the dedicated to, I was, I was actually wanting that connection. I was like, let's, let's do something that's really meaningful for Andy and for her story, because that story, like it's so powerful what you've gone through and why not turn that into something positive for other well, that's people? my goal is to raise money from this um web series mm -hmm. to start a program in schools i mean um about suicide awareness and prevention now my sister lives in massachusetts and she's a uh, social worker mm -hmm. and she's had a program going in her local schools in massachusetts starting in kindergarten Wow. About, about opening up. I mean, whatever five-year-olds can handle, you know, when you have a problem, come to me, come to, you know, sure. just starting at their level. Um, Cause I always thought of it as six, seventh, eighth grade. She said, no, you start as soon as they can talk. You tell them, you know, yeah. when you have a problem. You I, I think that's really important actually, because I've noticed right. with some, some younger kids that I'm meeting today, I'm really excited about it because they are growing up in a world where taking care of your mental health is actually something that people talk about and that they know what meditation is and they know that it's okay to, I mean, depending on where you grow up, obviously things are different, but in general, it's in the cultural conversation for people to talk about their feelings and to share and that, uh, it's normalized to say, oh, sometimes you might feel really bad. You might need to go get help. Like, I think that is so cool. And I yeah, agree. I know it's become such a stigma, you know, I mean, well, it was, you, and you, I, you I break, think... you break your leg and that's okay, but you have something wrong mentally. And yeah, and I mean, we've, you know? we've experienced that in my own family. My brother um, has autism and he didn't speak until he was four years old and we had to get into all kinds of therapies and everything. But I remember as a kid, when we would go out to dinner or we would go play in the park, so many other children would point and stare or make fun or things like that. They just, they didn't know any better. Kids don't, you know, if you don't, teach right, them, right, right. they don't know. And it, that's why it really excites me that you said they're going to be educating young kids about because this stuff. The, um, like the guidance counselors, they're overworked. They don't have time for things like that. They're no. dealing with bad kids, bad grades, you know, whatever. They need people in these schools that deal 
with this, with suicide awareness, suicide, you know, someone to open up, not just a guidance counselor, yeah. someone specifically to help these kids talk to them, go to the classrooms. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I, that's and what I want. That's what I'm trying to achieve I here. I think 100% you will, uh, because no one should ever go through what you went through. Oh, I'd like but, to save one mom from this. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that you did go through it, I think that it gives you a superpower. It really does. You are the person who's meant to help. That's what I think. Well, Todd said sue to me for a reason. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, get this ball rolling and get, you know, people like the series and they like, you know, like I said, so we're not releasing the the this season two called Boomers. Mm -hmm. um, we have three episodes shot. We have another one being filmed September 2nd. And I think after six, she wants to release one a week. So it really looks more like a series, not every once in a while we have an episode. Oh, you know? of course. Yeah, you have a very planned out rollout right. of and the whole thing. And then she's got to do a whole storyboard for the investor and what's coming. And Very uh, exciting. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy for you. I think- Thank you. What a beautiful story. And- uh just just so happy to connect with you uh before we go because i the time went by really fast which no, is I didn't great know what time it is it doesn't matter you know what time it is it's our time <laughs> hot tips hot tips hot tips <laughs> andy poland you've had a shitty day whatever a bad day looks like for you you come home what do you do to turn your mood around what is something you do that's just for you personally me Mm -hmm. I get my grandson from Myrtle Beach on Zoom and I see that face and it makes my day. I mm. hear him and I see him and I talk to him. So for me, it's it's all about the grandkids. It yeah. really is. That's that's what does it for me. It's It makes life worth living. I've talked to so many moms who unfortunately have not seen their grandkids since their children have left because they didn't get along with their daughter-in-law or son-in-law. And, yeah. And I don't know what I do without the three of them. I don't. And between them and the acting, like I said, they're both saviors. But I see my granddaughters all the time. I'll, you know, pick them up after school or after camp and go swimming, go amusement park, go wherever. But Corbin being all the way in Myrtle Beach. So a few days go by and going Corbin withdrawal. And I'm in a sad mood or a bad mood and I'll call him and it's like, my whole disposition changes. I see that face. Kids that age, it is, it just brings you back. It's just pure joy, pure love, pure honesty. And, and I love the name he calls me because Kenny gave it to him to call me um, before he left. He already has a Graham. I'm Graham here in Connecticut to my granddaughters. I'm Graham, but he already had a Graham in Myrtle Beach. So Kenny said, why don't you call her Grandy? Combination of Graham and Andy. So I'm Grandy to him. So I, and, I, and I, I not only I love it, I just love the fact that Kenny made it up. So that's exciting to me. It's really sweet. That's it is. very special. And it also it kind is. of sounds like candy. <laughs> so you're just you're just you're just a, a, a grandy candy, sweet, <laughs> sweet person. I, I'm just like uh, like my brand and acting. I'm like the cool gram. I'm the one that I mean, yesterday I was when I got this call for an audition, I was on a roller coaster with my granddaughter, I, I don't stop. I, I'm like the overgrown kid. So that's, that's I, really I was cool. out in the waves, me and the grandkids, I was out jumping waves with it. I, I took my grandson on helicopter ride a few weeks ago. <laughs> like, wow. I, and I, 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 that's so, me. That's me. I, I just love having fun. 
what, okay. What is the secret to keeping your energy up and keeping your joie de vivre? Because I'm looking at you and you are, you're, you're fabulous. You've got your hair perfect. You've got this great face of makeup. You seem very like you're, you're, you have things that bring you joy in life. You found that for yourself, right? What a, what is the secret to keeping all of that going and keeping that energy going, even though people like might expect, oh, she's older. She's not going to be that way. Like what's, what's the secret? You just love what you do. I, I don't think there's a secret. I think anybody that wants something enough, they'll do it. And if you love something enough, you'll keep doing it. You know, I love my grandkids. I will never stop going to pick them up and go to crazy places. And I love my acting and I'm not going to stop taking classes or going to Brian for coaching. I mean, you do what you love and that just brings the joy in you. You yeah. know, you focus on your, the positive stuff. I mean, do I have down days? Absolutely. Two of the yeah. worst days are, are uh, you know, July 21st, the third and April 21st are the two worst days of the year for me. Um, the two days the boys left us. Um, and they're hard and I cry and, and then I'll go do balloons and, you know, for whatever I do or friends come over or, and, you know, just some days I just wake up sobbing. It's like another day without them, you know, yeah. it, it's a hard life, but then I'll go right into some other mode. It's like, you know what, I'm going to call my daughter and see if I can pick up the girls today, you know? Yes. Um, do something different. Right. Change, change exactly. the environment. Exactly. I was wondering you, you have a very unique perspective on this. So anyone listening who may have also lost a family member, or a loved one to suicide, do you have any words of wisdom for them or anything that you want to share? Um, first of all, if they want, if whoever they lost, there's a group called Ellie's Way, E-L-L-I-E, run by a man named Todd who lost his daughter in an accident. And that's on Facebook? It's on Facebook and okay. it's for any loss, for any reason, cancer, suicide, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, also just to, um, whatever you do is not wrong. Um, as long as you're not hurting yourself or somebody else. Um, however you handle things, if you need a day to cry, if you need to be a bitch one day, if you need to, you know, you just do you. And again, do your best to snap out and try to focus on what you love. That's all I can say. Um, if anybody ever wants to talk to me, I'm pulling to Andy on Instagram. I'd be happy to help anybody um, or Facebook me. I'm Andy Poland. I have no problem with that at all. I could help or introduce them to some great people in these groups. I, Wonderful. I, it's very therapeutic also helping others. It's, you, you get out of your own head. Yep. And, that's why I started you know, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally exactly why. Cause I was like, well, I, mean, I have a lot of issues and I'm tired of only being able to talk about these things in therapy. You know what? I'm going to go help other people. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm so glad you did that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. But also I, I appreciate you putting that out there. Cause I was going to ask you to say where people can find you. So uh, Absolutely. Obviously, Pol Poland, no Andy, and all the things, and, and uh, we'll Andy have Poland on Facebook. Yes, and, and we'll we'll put all of your information in the description as well as the episode guide. People can find on crimebehindpod.com. And uh, I guess if you want to watch season one, is called Gossiping Grams. But stay tuned for Boomers, <laughs> which is I mean, going to be the season two, which sounds like it's going to be a real big production. So I'm I'm yeah. excited. Oh, thank you. I know it. We have just the greatest group of people. We're like a family, you know, that doing this. So this, you know, getting together and doing this filming is like a day of fun.
another day that, you know, is great. No, no regrets, no pain. No, just let's have fun. And I've got my, my granddaughters actually two both my granddaughters are in different episodes, which is really nice since it's dedicated to their uncle. Um, and I got Corbin like a kind of a, a quick appearance in one of them too for his dad. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of fun that they're all in there at one point or another. That is beautiful. Um, that's how it yeah. should be. I mean, I think a lot of times with film production, people get so stressed out and they're doing these 16 hour days and uh, everyone's just ready to go home. But when you can yeah. do, when you can do a project like this and, and it can it feel personal. Yeah. It can feel fun. Uh, and you feel like you have a, a connection with everyone on set. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful experience. So. It really is. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just blessed with great family and great friends, you know, mm-hmm. I really am. Cool. So well, you just got to count your blessings because they're out there. No matter, you know, there's times of sadness for all of us, but we all have good stuff. We got to look for it sometimes, but it's there. Beautiful. Well, I don't think I can do any better than that. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I know that that subject matter was really heavy, but I don't know about you. I walked away feeling really inspired and really just re-energized by Andy's attitude about life. So I hope that you felt the same and it made you feel a little bit less alone about whatever weird brain shit that you're going through. Also, if you or anyone you know is ever thinking uh, suicidal thoughts, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is one 800 273-8255. They always have someone there 24-7 to listen to you and to let you know that you are wanted here and there are so many resources here for you. You are so loved and I want you here. So stick with us. And um, if you want to learn more about Andy and what she's up to, you can check her out on her social media, as well as uh, going to cryingbehindpod.com. That's where I have all my episode guides, and I'll put up more info about what she's doing. Uh, You can check me out on all the socials at Kayla Dahl. That's K-E-I-L-A-D-O-L-L-E. And uh, the podcast socials is at cryingbehindpod. And if you are looking to get any advice about life in general, you can email me, cryingbehindpod at gmail.com. And I am hoping to compile some of those questions into a little advice segment soon. So drop me a line. I will give you my highly unlicensed (laughs) mental health advice. Although I've been through the ringer, so I feel like I do give good advice and it, it will be um, a little bit less clinical than what you might get from a therapist. You know what I'm saying? So um, thank you so much to my editor, Dave Chacho. The theme song, vocals and lyrics by yours truly, Kayla Dahl, and produced in instrumentals by Peter Stoya. All right. Now for real, till next time, don't forget to breathe, take your meds, keep your sunglasses with you, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny. Stay <laughs> sunny.